If you read on in through chapter 3 into chapter 4, it says that the size of the church had grown from about 3,000 to 5,000. And it was growing like crazy. People were coming to know the Lord and things were changing. And we saw in chapter 2, when we talked about this last Sunday, that the people were devoted, that they were dedicated to four things, the fellowship, the teaching, and prayer. And they were, and they were doing those things all the time. And now in chapter 4, we see the things that were happening to the church in, in, in action. They were putting these things in action. So I want to take a minute this morning. We're going to look at, at Peter about his life and what God was doing through his life. Now, it says that they were devoted to the teachings of the apostles, and Peter was one of the apostles. And so Peter was teaching every day and telling them what Jesus had done. And if you're teaching every day, you're going to have to be working at it and thinking about it and and praying and having God fill you up and, and trying to remember. I imagine he was trying to remember all the things that Jesus had said and done and uh and going and and going on every day like this i'm sure he was trying to 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 find the meaning behind the things that jesus had said to him and the other disciples and he wanted to share this and now jesus was gone and uh i don't know about you but have you ever if you've ever been in school uh i remember distinctly when i was at mid-american nazarene university we had a class at the library about the dewey decimal system and I thought, this is the dumbest thing ever. And if you don't know what the Dewey Decimal System is, you're not missing one thing, I don't think. But anyway, the Dewey Decimal System is about how you find books in the library. And so this librarian came in there, and, and uh, we had this whole class, this whole hour, was devoted to learning about the Dewey Decimal System. Well, as soon as she said, we're going to learn about the Dewey Decimal System... I, I just kind of shut her off, and I wasn't, wasn't listening. And then at the end of the hour, they said, we're going to have a test. Well, I wish that I'd have paid a little more attention. And I don't know about, about these guys, but I imagine that, that Peter and the other apostles were like, you know what, if I'd have known what was going to happen, I might have paid a little more attention to what, and I'm not saying that they didn't. But I wonder if they didn't think, you know, I probably should have listened a little closer. I wish I could remember everything that he said. I wish I could have remembered everything that we did. You know, I don't know about you. I don't remember everything. My kids remember everything, but I don't remember everything. But I imagine that the disciples, the apostles, were always getting together and saying, okay, can we remember another day? Can we remember another time when we were with Jesus? Can we remember another time when he spoke to us and was teaching? Because all these people want to know what Jesus said, and they want to know about what Jesus thought about these things. So can, can we remember? And I, Can you imagine when they said, oh, you remember when we went to Samaria? And that, and that woman was at the well. You remember that day? And they would all get together and talk about those things. And then they were sharing them with the people. And so, so this was what was going on. And they were trying to remember what Jesus said. And, and, and now you have to understand, at this time, the apostles are now the foremost authorities on Jesus. All at once, they, are, they have been brought from, from they're just fishermen and, and uh, people, tax collectors and people that were just ordinary people. And now all of a sudden, they're placed up and they are the foremost authorities on Jesus for all of history. 
you understand that? These guys knew more about Jesus than anybody because they had lived with him. They had walked with him. And so everybody in the new church was like, well, we want to know about Jesus because he's the son of God. And so we're going to go to the guys that know more about him than anybody. And so that's what they were doing. Can you imagine the pressure on these guys? But every day they would come together and they were devoted to teaching and the people were devoted to their teaching and they were putting and and after they started doing this and because they were dedicated to this they were dedicated to teaching they were dedicated to prayer they were dedicated to the fellowship and coming together and as they are remembering these stories i wonder if they remembered that what jesus said when he said you will do greater things than you've seen me do And these guys are remembering the things and remembering the things that Jesus said and remembering the things that Jesus did. And they're praying together and they're fellowshipping together and they're they're going over the scriptures and they're remembering these things. And as they're doing these things, the craziest thing in the world happens. They start believing that it's true. They start believing they're just crazy enough to believe that what Jesus said was true. And you know what happens in the church? If we start really getting into God's word, in order for the church to be what God would have it to be, it's people are going to have to really start getting into the word. They're going to have to be dedicated to the word. They're going to have to be dedicated to prayer. They're going to have to be dedicated to one another. And if that would happen in the church, we'd start believing that what the Bible says is true. And we wouldn't just believe it, but we would act on it. There would be an action of faith. Their faith was being exercised. Faith is always an action. You don't just say, hey, I've got faith. Faith is always moving. It's always acting. It's always a step. It's always an action because faith is an exercise. Faith has to be exercised or it's no good whatsoever. Faith isn't something you say you have. Faith is something you live, okay? And these guys... They began to believe and they started living out their faith and they were devoted to these teachings of Jesus, the prayer and things like that, and they started believing that what Jesus said. They started believing that when he said you'll do greater things than these, they started to believe, I wonder if this is true. And not, and then not to the point where they said, I wonder if this is true. They started believing that it was true. And the same thing needs to happen in the church today. We need to believe... That, that, the, that, the, that the things that Jesus told us, the things that we see here, are things that, want, that God wants to do in his church today. So you have this group of people who are doing these things, and they start to believe. Now, I want to I say something this morning, and I, and I don't want you to get your feelings hurt, but this is to me, too. I think sometimes we're more devoted to the church then we are to, we're more devoted to the meeting together than we are to the praying and to the word and to the things that God wants us to do, really. I think we get more devoted to the coming and seeing our friends and coming and singing the songs and coming and doing the activities, which none of those things are wrong. But if that becomes the center of what I'm doing, then I'm missing out on the other parts. If I'm, if I'm devoted to the fellowship and I'm not devoted to prayer and I'm not devoted to the teachings of the word, then I'm going to be missing the vital parts. You have to have all of it. And it's easy to be devoted to the fellowship 
It's fun to come and see our friends. It's come to, fun to come and talk to each other. It's fun to come and sing together. It's fun. We have all kinds. It's fun to go to camp. Fun to go to the Kids Week stuff this week. And, and we do those things. It's fun to be part of the fellowship. And we do those things because that's part of what the church did. But if that's all we do, we're going to be missing out on what exercises and causes us to exercise our faith. Because it's not just the fellowship... It's the, it's the word and it's the prayer. And when we do those things, we see that when these guys did those things, they started believing. And church, God has called us to be people who believe that what he says is true. He doesn't call us just to fellowship. He calls us, he calls us to prayer and he calls us to the study of the word to where we get to this place where we believe. I just want to ask you this, this week. I mean, I know all of you are here this morning. You have committed yourself to the fellowship this morning. I commend you. Thank you. Thank you for coming and being with us this morning. Thank you for coming and being part of the fellowship, saying, I'm going to set aside. I got lots of things I could have done this morning. There's lots of things you could have done this morning. But this morning, you said, for this time, for the time between, some of you got here at 930. Some of you have been here since 8. Some of you got here at 1030. From 10.30 to 12, I'm setting aside, I'm devoting this time to the fellowship. Thank you. Thank you for that. How much time this week have you devoted to the Word? How much time this week have you devoted to prayer? And I want us to be honest in these things. Have you done enough time, have you been in the Word enough that you could say that I've really devoted some time to the Word this week? Have you been prayer in prayer enough this week that you can honestly say that I have devoted myself to prayer because it is these things, along with the fellowship, that brings us into this place where we believe so much that we will begin to exercise our faith. And this is where these guys were. I've got to be honest with you. Sometimes it's kind of discouraging as a pastor when we call people, when we call people to fellowship People want to come. When we say, hey, we're going to have church on Sunday morning, this is something that people want to come to. More than anything in the week, people come to this. If you say, hey, we're going to have a prayer gathering, it gets a little discouraging. I'm going to be honest with you. If it gets time to have, you know, Bible study and Sunday school and things like that, it's a little bit discouraging. And I want to encourage you this morning, you are, many of you are doing part of, of what God wants you to. And for that, I want to, I want to encourage you. Praise God. But I also want to encourage you to get into the other parts that are, that are going to be, that are, that are necessary for us to be the church that God has called us to be. I was talking to Lacey, my daughter, her and her, her, her husband's a pastor over at uh, Nevada. And she called me this week, and, and she said, we started a new, it's a, it's a small church. They didn't have any kids thing on Wednesday night. And she said, we started a new kids class on Wednesday night. And last Wednesday night was our first Wednesday night, and we had eight kids. And she was just thrilled to death. And so she said she had all the eight kids in her class, and she had a, had a, a, a 12-year-old girl that said, I wanted to help you with the kids. And, and she, they don't really have a, a teen department much because they're so small. And so she said, yeah, yeah, you can come and help. And she asked the little kids in there, she says, tell me your favorite Bible story. You know, because we're talking about, you know, if we're going to be the church, we have to have the fellowship, we have to have the Bible, 
and we have to have prayer. And she told the kids, she said, tell me your favorite Bible story. And one kid said, I, I read a story about Jesus and a dentist. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he did. But Cindy goes, Lacey goes, I never heard of the story in the Bible of Jesus and the dentist. And, and Lacey said, well, I want to tell you my favorite Bible story. And she said, Moses and the children of Israel were up against, had their backs up against the Red Sea, and God came and split the Red Sea, and they walked through on dry land. Said them kids said, we never heard this before ever. And every year when we have Bible school, we have kids that have never heard a story ever. The, the Bible is to, to where now there's many kids that never heard the story of ever. Why? Because we've neglected the study of the Word. And folks, I want us to know and understand as a church, if we're going to be what God has called us to be, we have to have this, and we have to have this, and we have to be on our faces in prayer, because when we do that, then it gets us to this place where we start really believing what God wants to do. Now, I imagine those little kids can probably name you all the characters on their favorite television show, or probably can tell you their baseball team's record or something like that but they've never heard of the stories of the bible and so we need to be very careful that we're doing all these things and you say pastor why are you telling us these things over and over again you already told us that last week because we see that when these things are done then we see that it, that people believe and that and it's began to exercise in their life peter is doing these things. Peter is being part of these things, and he comes to the place where he actually starts believing it. And church, we need to be in the place where after we've been in the fellowship, after we've been in the Word, and after we've been in prayer, that all of a sudden God starts to work in our life, and we start believing what he says is true. And what he says can happen is true. And on an ordinary trip up into the temple... A life is changed because Peter comes to the place where he completely believes what he is teaching. He completely believes when, from the power of prayer, from the power of the teaching, from the power of the fellowship together. God works in his life. He starts to believe what Jesus says is true. And not only does he believe it, but he starts to act on it. And we see his faith exercised and a life is changed. This man had been crippled. If you go into ver- in chapter 4, it says that he had been crippled for 40 years. For 40 years, nothing had happened. And they'd set him there, and, and, and it says they sent him in the temple every day to beg for money. Peter, Peter and John had passed him before. Do you understand that? There had been many days that they had passed him before. And I got to reading this and thinking about this. If he, had been, if he was 40 years old, there were several years there that he had been set there. Jesus had passed by this guy. Do you understand that? Jesus and his disciples had passed by this guy before. They had seen him begging before. How come Jesus didn't take care of him? And I, got, and I started asking that question. Why didn't Jesus heal him? Well, Jesus did heal him. He healed him through Peter. But I was thinking, why would, why would Jesus leave? If he was going to heal this guy, why would he leave him there for later time? And I just wonder, because he wanted, here's the reason, I'll tell you the reason. He wanted Peter to exercise his faith. 
He wanted Peter to be involved in the story of restoration. He seeks for the church to be involved in the story of restoring lives. God says, I want to restore their lives, but I want you to come alongside and be part of it. He wants the church to be involved in it. And I wonder, I just wonder this, I don't know, but I wonder if while Jesus was walking by with his disciples, they walked by this guy, Jesus goes, one of these days you're going to, he doesn't tell Peter, one of these days, Peter, you're going to heal this guy. I'll heal him through you, but you're going to get to be part of it. I was like, why didn't you tell him that? Because then we could have really, that would have been really interesting. But he didn't. So he walks by. He knows full well that this is going to happen one of these days, but he doesn't say anything till it's time. But he wants Peter to get involved. He wants Peter to be involved and take part to where he's no longer a spectator. He's no longer just fellowshipping he's no he's he's part of the study of the word he's part of the fellowship he's part of the prayer until his his uh his his faith is beginning to be exercised and then he exercises it out after he believes that's what he seeks for each one of us he wants us to have the whole thing he wants us to have the fellowship he wants us to have the study of the word he wants us to have the prayer but he also wants us to be exercised in part of bringing lost and broken people into a relationship with Jesus Christ and have an absolute life change. We get to be part. And I think somehow there's this, there's this idea that that's for somebody else. Somebody else will do that. A pastor will do that. Pastor Selena will do that. She'll win all of the teams. That's none of your jobs. That's just her. She's the professional. We'll leave this job to the professionals. That is not what the Word says. The Word says we're all part of it. God seeks for all of us to be part of it. This man was healed when Peter acted on his faith, and it was changed. And I wonder how many people that we see, this was just an everyday walk to the temple. And I wonder how many people do we see every day that could be healed from their sin if we were acting on our faith? How many people do we walk by that that we work with, that we go to school with, that are in this place and we see them every day and we walk by them every day and we never say a word to them, never do anything. But if our faith was acted on, their life could be changed. And I'm afraid that we walk by lots of people, we walk, we walk by lots of people who could be saved if we really began to exercise our faith, if we really had faith. And if we would, we would believe and if we would be dedicated to his word and dedicated to prayer and dedicated to the fellowship, if we would start to believe. But I'm afraid that we're more dedicated to the things outside the church than we are to the things inside the church. I think we give ourselves to those things. I think it's interesting here that Peter says, what I have, I give to you. I want to ask you this morning, you got anything to give? Peter had the power of the Holy Spirit working in him, and he said, I'm going to give this to you. I have something that will help you. And I'm going to ask you, I'm asking you this morning, church, have you got anything to give? Do you this morning? 
Is there any, it's the Holy Spirit so much at work in you and so alive in you that you have faith that you could exercise it and give it to someone else? Are you looking for people that you can share God's word with, that you can share your faith with, that you can share the spirit of God that is in you? The people that you pass every day, God has placed them there for you to get involved in their life. God placed this guy here. He knew Peter and John was going to walk by. He placed him there. And when it was time, he had something to give. Do you have anything to give this morning? Do you have what would help someone? All through Acts, we see the people of the church being filled again and again and again with a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, a fresh awakening of the Holy Spirit that would awaken their faith and move them into new faith and help them to exercise their faith. And I'm just asking you this morning, do you have a fresh burning fire of the Holy Spirit in your life? You say, well, pastor, I have before. There's, there's times when, when God's really been real and alive in my heart, but be honest with you right now, I'm kind of in a lull. I really probably haven't been uh, taking part in the study of the Word like I should. I don't pray like I should. And, and pastor, if I was real honest with you, if someone really needed something, I probably wouldn't have what it would take to give to them. The Word talks about that the Holy Spirit comes and fills and refills and continues to fill. And I'm just asking you this morning, has your faith grown stagnant? Are you going through the motions and yet not really exercising your faith? This man needed Peter to exercise his faith, to believe that what God's Word was what, God, what was in God's word was true and that, that he could move and, and, and be used by him. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever get up in the morning and, and, and think that I could be used by God today in someone's life? Are you looking for those opportunities? And what if that opportunity came? Would you have anything to give this morning? I want us to stand this morning. Lance, I'd like for you and Jimmy to come. If you walked by this guy and he asked for money, probably everybody in here would be able to have given him something. The truth of the matter is, it would be easier for us probably to give him money than to give him what he really needed. Do you have what people really need? I'm just asking you this morning, church, I'm not asking you to get saved or anything like that this morning. If the Lord is speaking that into your heart, then absolutely come to the altar and we will pray with you for that. But I'm praying, I'm, I'm talking to the church this morning. These messages have, have been for me and my heart, and, and this has been a challenge on my own heart. This, these study of what happened in the church of Acts always brings me to my knees. So I've already had to pray through on this one.
really believe what the Word says? Do you believe enough to have an active faith? Or do you this morning just need a fresh touch from God? I believe that God could come and just give us a fresh touch this morning as a church. To rejuvenate us, to reactivate us, to to get us focused on the things that he would have us to do. Maybe just to kind of give us a little of a wake-up call this morning. To pull us out of a stagnant faith and get us out of just going through the motions. Because the world desperately needs for the church to have a faith that is exercised. Do you have anything to give today? If someone asks, would you have anything to give? If not this morning, come. I think the Lord would love to come. I think the Holy Spirit would love to come and fill you up, re-energize your life and and send you out and fill you up to where you believe, to where you hunger and thirst for His Word, to where you want to be in His fellowship, to where you want to be in active prayer with Him, to where that when people would say, hey, I, I don't know what's going on in my life, you would have something to give them this morning. Do you need something to give today? If you do come as we sing this morning. We're going to sing the song together, and as we sing, if you need to come and